In decades past, you opened a business, hung out your shingle, and the customers came. Today, hanging out your shingle means creating an engaging website. The modern consumer is using the Internet to find businesses like yours. Are you positioned so you'll rise to the top of their search? Let the Radio Vermont Group Digital Services work with you to make sure you're visible online and to target your marketing to location, demographic, and interest. Learn more at rvgdigital.com. Hello all, this is Pat McDonald, your host for Vermont Viewpoint on WDEV, here for the second hour, and joining me is Tom Lights, who's the new manager, not so new, <laughs> almost new, manager of uh, uh, the town of Waterbury, and we're going to talk about Waterbury. Thanks for having me. Oh, thank you. This is great. Nice to meet you. Um, so when I just, I found this very curious, and I'm, I don't know whether I have it right or wrong. When you started in Waterbury, um, you were named the deputy municipal manager because the whatever the charter only allows one manager at a time. And uh, you and Bill had uh, Bill Sheplock, who's the retired after how many years? Forty or something? Thirty-four. Thirty. <laughs> Good grief. Um, anyway, um, so he had two months to work with Bill because I'm sure there was so much in Bill's head that wasn't written down. So I'm sure that was good two, two months for so you. It was a good two months, and, and Bill is still here. So if I have a question, sometimes it's it's easier to make a phone call or send an email than dig through the archives, and, and Bill's always accessible, oh, so that's a that's huge help. Good. So he'll be leaving at the end of December, and you're taking over January 1st as a official? I'm official. Oh, you're, you I'm are official. the yep. s- town January manager. 1st, 2023, I was official. Oh, well, ah, okay. Well there, well, there you go. I haven't seen him down at the bagel place, so I, <laughs> I wasn't sure if he was here or not. That's where they all meet. I don't know if you go there, but um, so um, oh yeah, thirty-five years. I can't imagine what he what he knows. Um, but I read an article that your journey to this job started started with a trip to Stowe skiing last winter. Could you? I thought that was so cute. Could you explain that? Yeah, sometimes uh, life is serendipitous, and I think this is one of those cases. I, I'd never been to Stowe before. We ski at Smugs. One of my brothers from out of state came up and visited, and he wanted to ski at Stowe. So we went there, and on the way home, we wanted to stop and get a meal, not at the resort, but in Waterbury. And I, I look over, I'm in the restaurant, and there's the roundabout, which was still in print, announcing Bill's retirement. <laughs> And I looked at it, and my brother said, "Why don't you work in this town? Seems pretty nice." And I thought, "Well, maybe I'll maybe I'll dig into it a little bit." There you go. And that's how it started. Excellent. It was meant to be. Mm-hmm. That's so cool. That's great. Um, could you talk a little bit about your background? Because you came from up the northeast kingdom, I hear. Right? Is that the accent? Uh, came from a few different places. Actually, born, um, raised in Pennsylvania, born in New Jersey. Um, Made my way, um, went to Penn State for undergrad, made my way to Syracuse for grad school and got a master's of public administration mm-hmm. and spent some time in upstate New York and became a municipal manager there. Actually, have a county government, um, and ah. the New York counties are expansive right. and generally deliver state services, the, the services the state delivers in Vermont. Um, and at some point, my wife really wanted to relocate back to Vermont, and she's um, she's from Vermont initially. The family's got deep ties here, deep roots here. Right. Um, so we, we made it back. Eventually, we wound our way into the old family farmhouse, <laughs> uh, which is which is good and bad sometimes, uh, having an old house to maintain. Right. 
That heat uh, escapes, right? The heat escapes for sure. <laughs> um, but it's generally worked out. So after coming to Vermont, I spent about eight years in St. Albans. Great. That's that's a great town. Yeah. Yeah, that's real really happening cool. town. <clears throat> for sure. That's, they've, they've done a lot over the years there, so uh, thank you for that. Um, so here you are. And how have you been able to meet folks in town, um, The bit, all the businesses, um, how what you've done to sort of say, <laughs> hi, I'm here? They haven't had to do much. It's mostly been others introducing me. Ah. And that makes it a bit, e- a yep. bit easy for you uh, when you start. And then, of course, uh, events happen, things like the floods. So you just wind up meeting all these people right. um, out of necessity. Yeah. Um, but in general, there's been a, it's been a lot of people who have been willing to take me around and introduce me to to That's the business great. owners and different people in town. I think it's a it, my impression of Waterbury is a very close knit town. I think the businesses because you're right when you talk about events, there are so many events here that that are focused on downtown. And um, I think they're great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, very close knit town for yeah, sure. This Awful street, lot of community spirit. This street has the highest percentage of women-owned businesses. Do you know that? I did not know that. There you go. Well, I just we just shared <laughs> something. That's cool. I don't know. Oh, I I think we learned that on the small business Saturday uh, one year. But anyway, um, you talked about the flood. How bad was was Waterbury hit? I, I I apologize for this, but I really I was more focused on Berlin, Barry uh, and Montpelier, but certainly not as bad as those communities. But it was it was a real challenge for the for the government, a real challenge for the people who were hit. Um, it's um it's an expansive story. It's a long story, but. <laughs> We all were watching the the Winooski River gauge very closely, and there's there's forecasts there yeah. um, done by the federal government, I believe. Um, the flood ultimately wound up being a couple feet above the forecast, uh. um, and the timing was off compared to the forecast, and so that made things a bit challenging because we we were hoping we would hold true to forecast, um, and a couple feet makes a big difference. Yep. Um, and then, of course, the hard part about a flood is once it occurs, there's almost nothing you can do until the waters recede. There's an awful lot you can do when the water's back, um, right. but until then, it's, it's hurry up and wait, and everyone's frustrated. Um but we got through it pretty well. What happened, um, a couple things happened that I really can't take credit for. Um, one of the stories I love to tell is after Irene, and I had I had read the after-action report, uh, the first thing they did after Irene was they ordered dumpsters and just put them out in the community. So it was early morning of the flood. They remember well, it was actually my birthday. <laughs> oh, really? You'll never forget that <laughs> one. Won't forget that yeah, birthday. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I was with most of the select board, um, and I just said, I'm going to go ahead and order dumpsters. Um, standing next to me was my public works director, and I said to him, Bill, do you know a contact at Casella? Because I don't want to call the 800 number on a day right. like today. Right. And he said, I don't. But Bob Butler, who does some consulting work for the town now and, and was on the select board during Irene, was to dumpsters are during Irene. So we called Bob, and Bob said, already ordered. Way ahead of you. Thank you, Bob. Thank you, Bob. So yeah. Bob made us all look great. Great. Uh, but but Bob maintained that contact and knew what to do, and, and he just assumed he's going to order them, and if the town wants to say no later, we can. Excellent. So that was great. Um, but there were a lot of people around that had been through Irene that were a huge help. Right. And several people, I have to give a lot of credit to um, three people in particular, Liz Schlegel, 
uh, Danny Kellerman and Alyssa Johnson and Danny and Alyssa are on the select board. Um, but all three of them took the reins right away and did a lot to organize all the community volunteers as part of the cleanup. Right. And so that enabled the town government to really focus on town infrastructure. And it was just a huge help to the entire community. So I can't thank those three people enough. Right. Well, I, I did, what happened to the state complex? Um, was that flooded? Because that usually goes first. It was not. It was high and dry. Interesting, because they built that new building and got it got it up good. They did some work to the building. They did some work to, to lower the cornfield behind right. it a little bit, and all that helped. Yeah, that's great, because during the 1992 flood, well, I remember which one it was. I was working for the state, and that was just a nightmare. And they had state police there, had to move emergency management. And, oh, I was glad to hear that. that, that but mostly the stores down here in this little dip here, right? Right. Yeah. The stores in Randall Street. Yeah, you know, right. Some people on Union Street were worse too. Oh. And there were there were an awful lot of people, though, out in Waterbury Center that had uh, flooded basements. And it was really just right. because it didn't stop raining for a month. So these people never had issues with moisture in their homes before, and they had some serious challenges wow that's that well um mold scares me to death i'm i'm a little crazy in my head about mold Mm -hmm. because it's sort of a silent thing right um it can get you but you don't even know what's happening yeah we did go ahead and and rent a bunch of commercial dehumidifiers to deploy throughout the community and i think that helped no that's great so are are there stores that are still closed or and do you have people that are still homeless they can't go back in their houses we have Three people that have applied to FEMA for the buyout. So those three people, I don't believe, are in their homes right now, and they don't want to be in their homes long term. Right. Um, We haven't had to take formal action on that yet, but I I do think the select board at some point will have to, and and they have to. um, There's no cost to the buyout from the town's perspective. The state and federal government are covering the full cost of the buyout and ultimately demolition of the properties, but I believe the select board would support that. Oh, that's great because – you lose everything in a, in a minute. Yeah. It's gone. I, yeah. I can't, you know, you look at hurricane, all these things, and you see your home in just total rubble in your whole life. That's it. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, it's really tragic. What um, I had a, a two minutes worth of experience with the mud in Barry. It was like lifting cement when you're trying to shovel it out. It was ridiculous. Was it mostly water here, or was there a little bit of everything? A little bit of everything. It was interesting because you go to one house, and the basement would have always some mud, but mostly water, and then the next house would have a foot and a half of thick mud. Oh, that so was... So there was, there was no rhyme or reason, but we had help yeah. from other communities that had these big factor trucks yeah. that they loaned us. Everybody I've talked to and interviewed um, since the flood happened have said... Nothing but amazing things about the volunteers that came out. I mean, everybody came out. It wasn't everybody tried to do what they could. Um, they had to reassign me something a little less, mm-hmm. <laughs> less than than the mud. But um, you know, everybody wanted to help because it was devastating. I don't think anybody didn't know somebody. You know somebody. So that's right. great. Well, good for you. Um, so, and I I read where you're going to be receiving, or maybe already have received a. <laughs> chunk of change from uh, 1.5 million from the feds has that come or that will come that has come mm-hmm. um, substantial amount of it has been either spent or allocated a, a biggest piece was um, about $450,000 that is going to repair two bridges ah oh and and once that work is done i can forget about those bridges for the rest of my tenure right there so you go so that'd be nice to put that behind us um, and there's a lot of smaller uses for the community the senior center is getting some money 
Um, we gave money to the utility district, which is not a part of town, but it's the remains it. of the old village. And right. they reduced rates during the pandemic, and so we reimbursed them for some of their financial losses. Oh, what a nice thing to do, and thank you to them. That's really great. People need all the help they can get. Joining me in studio is Tom Lights, who's the municipal manager of the town of Waterbury. And um, I had Bill on the show, um, I think after he announced he was leaving and just wanted to talk to him. I've known him for those 35 years. And um, uh, there's so much stuff that happens here in, in Waterbury. And it's sort of the go-to town for Berlin and, and Montpelier for events. And I've got, uh, I don't, I didn't add them up. There's a million of them about all the things that you do here. Um, and you said many of them are there back on. Yeah, we've got a, we've got a long list of events. Right. Um, we talked about last night at the select board, uh, the, the, uh, I'll probably get it wrong, the, the lantern parade, the festival right. of lights. Right. We also have a, a new rec director. Ah. Uh, named Katarina Lasias. Uh, her, actually, her first day was July 10th, which was the day the water rose. So <laughs> I had her first week oh. pretty well scripted out in advance, and none of that occurred, of course. Right, for sure. Um, but she's got a real good background, and, and events is part of her background. And so I'm, I'm, she's got a pretty blank slate, but, uh, but the message that I've given to her is, uh, Waterbury's long history of events uh, should occur in the future. It doesn't mean that the town needs to necessarily run those, but sometimes events are really dependent on one or two volunteers. Right. And as those volunteers change, we've got to be the people who ensure that there's continuity, whether it's through us or whether it's through organizing other volunteers. But I think it's incumbent upon the town to sometimes take the reins. Yeah, no, that's great. And um, I mean, I wouldn't run through this list here. Um, Do you know what the gravel grinder is? I do not know what that is. (laughs) The gravel grinder is is a... Pretty large mountain bike event on the gravel roads. Ah, well, count me out. Just saying, <laughs> that sounds like a lot of work. That's really cool. I mean, I, well, I don't think any many of us have met the night, not quite Independence Day parade. Right. We always like that, and the antique car show. That's great. I mean, there's and the, it's the River of Light Lantern Parade. I have never seen that, and maybe this year will be the year. That's awfully cool. I, yeah, that's one of the reasons I stay by the fire in my living room. But I'm glad to hear that uh, you've got somebody to watch over this because um, – and you always have a good turnout. Yeah, absolutely. Um, this, this is a really – I love this town. It's a very close-knit town. And um, I don't know if it's good or bad, but everybody seems to know everybody. That, that's and, got its good side and bad side. <laughs> and one of the reasons I was attracted to this town and attracted to the position is that – there's an awful lot going down in the downtown. Uh, it's a happening town. It's got a good uh, good business sector. Right. Um, but town government and the town itself are generally pretty stable. Um, the flood, flood aside, right. uh, which is a difficult thing to yep. go through, but it, it says a lot that Bill Sheplock had 34 years here. Yeah. It says a lot about him, but it also says a lot about the town that you know nothing occurred to, to cause him to look elsewhere. Right. And, and just... for someone applying for a job, that's a really attractive thing. Yeah. Yeah, and I think you have had people stay for a very long time, yeah. right? That's yeah. a, that's a good sign for sure. Yeah, our planning director just retired not long after Bill did. He'd been here 30 years too. Wow. 
So that that stability really really helps the town yeah. uh, move along at a good pace. Yeah, that's great. And um, do you not have a police force anymore? <laughs> we do not. That was uh, there was a village police force that right. effectively was disbanded in 2018. We have a contract with the state police. How is that working? <laughs> reasonably well, I think. Depends who you talk to, of course. We have two troopers. Costs about four hundred thousand dollars a year, and we're actually just starting to negotiate a new contract yeah. coming to place next year. Um, the contract does not one hundred percent obligate them to Waterbury. If there's a major crime somewhere else, they'll go. Uh, but the right. same thing happens if there's a major crime in Waterbury. Other troopers from outside will right. will come. Um, they spend almost all their time in Waterbury, though. I think it generally serves us well. I could see. At some point in my tenure, a, a different conversation will have to happen in regards to that contract, and it may mean that, that we want additional coverage because right now there's two people, so there's obvious gaps. Right, for sure. There's certain shifts how, that are not How long is the coverage hour-wise? How long does it go in the evening? Uh, it's, it's all night. There's a daytime and a, oh, and a nighttime is there? trooper. Wow. But they work five days a week, so right. there's coverage gaps. So I could see us expanding that contract at some point. Yeah, interesting. But whatever the contract, it's got to be less than having a full-time police force, correct? With the, Subst- with substantially the building, less. the cars, all the uniforms and all the extra cost. I think if you if you talk about a very small police force, you're right. you're low mid, you're, you know, you're a million and a half really quick yeah. uh, versus a four hundred thousand dollar contract. Mm, excellent. My husband was an interim chief of police here when he retired from okay. uh, from state police. Uh, your your chief passed away, mm-hmm. and he took over for uh, I don't know six months or so, whatever okay. it was. So we know Waterbury. <laughs> it's a small world. Anyway, um, one of the things that uh, I've talked a lot about on this show and on some other things I'm involved in, is housing. And what's happened here in Waterbury uh, regarding housing? Could you get us up to speed on what what's going on? Sure. So the uh, actually our, our utility district owned a lot where the town hall used to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's an agreement to sell that lot to Downstreet Housing, and they're going to build 26 units. They were working with our development review board, and a couple weeks ago, the the board held a vote, and it was three to three. Ah. The seventh member was not in attendance. So I immediately the next morning talked to staff, and we talked to our legal counsel, who informed us that the seventh member could indeed still vote. So the seventh member, after after some weeks and some time to review, did vote, and so that project was approved four to three. So that that will move forward. It's going Good. to take a little bit of time. There's still some financing uh, for Downstreet to, to get to the, the finish line and put a shovel in the ground. Right. The other piece we're working on is the state agreed uh, to sell the town um, – what we call the old Stanley Wasson site. There were Stanley and Wasson halls in front of the state complex. They're now demolished. Right. But they've agreed to sell us a lot. That's about two and a quarter acres. So we've been talking to uh, different developers about building 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 apartments there. Right. And I'm I'm envisioning some combination of pure market rate apartments and. Affordable housing or possibly senior housing. I think it'd be a great senior housing site. So that'd be a, likely a, a partnership with a private developer and another entity like Downstreet. So nothing formally has been announced. We're still talking about that, and that all takes time to come to fruition. But it's a really good site. 
it is indeed in the floodplain, uh, but developers know how to build smart. Right. And I think Vermont's future is not to simply stop building in the floodplain. I think it's yeah. to build intelligently. Right. Oh, I agree with you. And I think this is a very good town for senior citizens. It's easy. It's easy to walk around. There's restaurants, stores, food shopping. Everything is sort of on the same little hill here going yeah. up to, to Stowe Street, but it's not bad. And that site is very walkable. It's right next. Right. It's right near the heart of our downtown. And, and so I envision something like a total of, you know, 75 or more housing units. Great. And, and do you know that the uh, – this is a probably a stupid question because the answer is yes. But have you – do you know that there's the demand here? I mean, are you getting that every day? Absolutely. Yeah, okay. Uh, the demand is really high. The, the, re- the rents are really high. I think every business in town will tell you that hiring is a challenge, right. and, and it's the lack of housing that's that's causing it. Huh. Um, I know the state treasurer, I read in the paper this morning, talked about the lack of housing being something that's inhibiting Vermont's growth, and I think we see that here. Oh, interesting, yeah. Um, they passed a housing <laughs> bill uh, in the legislature, but unless they fix this, is my personal view, folks, so no phone calls, but if they don't fix Act 250, the bill was sort of a scattergun thing. It, it did a lot of good, but there was no continuity to it to actually fix the problem. So I'm hoping somebody – there's got to be a way to do Active 50 where you preserve the environment and meet the housing needs of people. There just has to be. One well, interesting piece about this Stanley Wasson site, the town has something um, – Call the designated downtown, and, and designated downtown development is exempt from Act 250. This this, oh. this piece of land is just outside the border. Uh. So one of my meetings this week is to have some conversations with people who work for that program for the state to discuss amending right. the border because I think it's perfect. eminently reasonable. It's absolutely perfect yeah. for this site. Right. And does the open green space stay <coughs> with the state so it's open green space near the apartments? Perfect. That's right? correct. And the the water on the other side, what a great location. Yep. And then we envision owning a small piece of that land permanently and putting in a pocket park. Oh, I love pocket parks. And they you can get them covered by the transportation, correct? Mm-hmm. That's great. Um, so um, we have another couple of minutes before we have to take a break. Um, but you are working on some other things that we should talk about. Um, one is the town charter. You never had a town charter? I thought that was sort of – you must have a town charter. We do not have a town charter. How did so – Hopefully not, we will soon. Yes. How come? That's so bizarre to me. <laughs> I think it's an accident of history. Some towns have very expensive town charters, and there's still some that, that don't. Right. Um, so huh. I just really think that the town didn't feel like there was a compelling need until this past year. And what was that compelling need they decided – the local option tax, I think, is the, ah. is the real compelling need. There's another part of the charter about the manager's authority, ah, okay. um, but the local option tax is the meat of it. Yep. And where do you stand on that discussion? Uh, that can be – either way can be very volatile. <laughs> We've been talking about it uh, in earnest since the spring. We've now actually had two public hearings to, to follow the legal process. So right. there's a vote on it December 5th. People right. can actually vote now and come and get a ballot at town hall. But voting is open December 5th. Excellent. Well, I'm going to take a break. Um, and as soon as the music comes on, and we'll keep talking about um, the, the um, local option tax. Do other towns around you have a local option tax? Yes. it's it's okay. pretty, pretty. Should I keep going? 
No, go ahead. It's pretty expansive, the list of towns that have it. But but essentially all the all the major towns in Vermont with a major retail base have right. the tax have and it. still recently enacted it too. Yep. And it's a substantial revenue source. My estimate is about $650,000 a year the wow. first year we'd have it. And that's a, that's a big impact on town government. For sure. Um, we would actually collect it if it's enacted, approved by the voters here and gets through the legislature. We wouldn't begin collecting it until 2025. But I think the 2025 budget would be pretty easy going yep, if we had that go. revenue. One of the pros, of, I think it's probably the same pros and cons that every town hears when they go through this. Um, but if you've got surrounding towns with the local option tax, then that's a little – my concern was when we started talking about it, neither Barry nor Montpelier had them. And where would you go to if my town had local options and the other two didn't? But if you're surrounded, it's not going to matter too much, I don't think. I don't think so. It's become yeah. real ubiquitous. Right. I think people get used to it. And it's it's small amounts – Big for the town, but small for your pocket, although small it's so for, expensive small now. Small for your pocket, and we've got a pretty strong tourism base, and so right. I don't have great data on how much of it would would be paid by, by town residents or locals versus people who are out of state or out of the region. But mm-hmm. I think it's substantially non-residents that would pay this tax. Interesting. Uh, ben and Jerry uh, viewers and Stowe, and they kind of come through Waterbury? Right. Oh, that's right. cool. Well, what's nice here, you have got some amazing restaurants. I'm a food junkie. Um, yeah, you've, me got, too. <laughs> you've got some great restaurants um, and a good combination of stores and hardware stores. I also love hardware stores. It's a little <laughs> weird, but there you go. Anyway, so how do you think this is going to come? Where are you? You said you've been talking about it, but are you going to have a vote one day soon? Yep, we're having a vote in December. Ah. Um, provided that's approved, the legislature then has to approve it. The governor has to sign it. It takes the tax department a couple of quarters to actually begin collecting it, but I'm really hopeful that the that's vote in great. December is And does the legislature have to approve this? Yes. They do. Right? Yeah. And the charter they have to approve. Yes. Oh, good luck with that. <laughs> have you testified before in front of our legislature? I have. Oh, have you? I'm, on this issue, I, I, I think our local reps are pretty solidly behind it. Great. Teresa Wood came Teresa. to one of our public meetings and, and is behind it, so I'm, I think we've got a good chance yeah. of getting it through. And they like her up at the state house, so she's got, they listen to what she has to say. That's great. We were also talking about, I think Bill must have started this if he's here 35 years, that he did a quarterly newsletter, which I found fascinating. It's really, it helps to put a perspective on, especially if you're somebody new in town, mm-hmm. just moving in. Um, I find um, whenever somebody new move into town, I'd give them the annual report. Mm-hmm. As a you know, welcome. Here's here's who's who in the zoo, and um, and I think your newsletters really help people. Yeah, thank you. Get to know what's up. So it's and, it's fun to write it. I try to write the newsletters in my voice and to be a little conversational and not not so much to it in, in a, from a business perspective mm-hmm. to try to get people to know me a little bit. We're actually talking about moving towards monthly updates. Oh, excellent. That's a very good thing. Um, I know you've got some other things. You've got a, um, uh, I don't know what you call paving plan that uh, has the flood sort of set you back on some of these plans. I know it did in Montpelier. I was talking uh, to their city manager and things have moved back a little because they don't have the funding now. We had the funding. We got good. through our paving plan pretty well. Oh, good. Um, and I told my public works director in the spring that I want you to spend every nickel of your paving budget. Don't go over it, but spend it. No That's one's going to complain about spending that budget. And we have a project that we're working on that's going to impact next year. Um, there's an old water line that we're replacing um, that's above the Beth Western. 
and runs down runs down from Bluff Hill down down to the Best Western. Ah, so there's okay. Ashford Lane and Kennedy Drives. Those roads haven't been paved for a long time. They're objectively the worst town roads I think we have. Wow. They weren't paved because we were waiting to get the water line done. No sense in paving and digging them up the next year. Right. That doesn't make sense. So the water line is about half done right now. It'll be finished up in the spring, and then we'll we'll, we'll finally get those roads paved. So that'll be nice. That might help with the runoff, too, for flooding, would it not? That's a, That goes right smack into town, water from there. Uh, it does. We're putting in a new culvert as part of that, too, so it certainly won't hurt. You know what I love, and I don't know what they call it, but over the bridge, the the train track, you've got a, a, a metal depiction of the town of Waterbury. Mm-hmm. When I was Secretary of Transportation, I wanted, when we were doing things like, like the bridge, to have the town involved in designing something just like that, which would keep the people involved, reflect the town, which would leave the AOT folks to just do the bridge mm-hmm. rather than having help. <laughs> or just get her done. And I thought that was – I've had it pictured on my Facebook and everything. I think that's fabulous. I don't know whose idea that was. It's been there for a while, but I think that's a great gateway into Waterbury. That predates me, but what we are talking about, there's a couple of different arts groups in the, uh, in the town, and we're talking about – Perhaps putting some funding in next year's budget and and having a bit more public art displays. Great. Well, I know you're working on this uh, little path between right here on Stowe Street between um, uh, I don't know I don't know what the stores are, beauty parlor and yep. uh, it's an alley here and that will the plans look fabulous for that. Plans look fabulous. I think they're pretty close to getting that off the ground. That's being led by Revitalizing Waterbury. There's some town contribution towards it. But really, Karen, Evan, Revitalizing Waterbury, and all the volunteers and donors yeah. are the ones to, who took the reins in that. And that'll be a great project. Yeah, no, it's absolutely fabulous. I keep looking at the picture that they mm-hmm. have up there, and it's just it's just wonderful. Um, and what else do you have? It's talked about the Stowe Street Emporium, but that's – and engraved bricks. Will there be mm-hmm. uh, bricks on the on the floor with people's names? In it for yes. uh, as a donation, you would yep. pay a hundred bucks for a bridge or a brick or whatever. Yes. Yeah, that's isn't that great? That's great. It'll, it'll be a great project. It'll really transform that whole area when it's done. Do you have other plans similar to that around town? Or there's a lot of plans. There's a lot of conceptual plans at right. this point. Just finishing up the first year. The, the biggest challenge that I I see for the town is the pool. Ah. Um, you can see the pool when you drive, when you get off the interstate. The pool is many, many years old. Um, I'm not quite sure how old the original is, but there was a concrete pool that had a fiberglass liner put on it, and the mm-hmm. liners failed. Ah. So despite 17 inches of rain and, you know, the month of July alone, we, we filled the pool in the spring and filled it again during the summer. So it's hard to keep the, the pool warm. It's hard to keep uh, the chlorine levels. We need a new pool. That would be an expense, wouldn't it? That will be a big expense. So the right. community is going to have a choice to make at some point in the next, let's call it three to five years, about whether or not we want a new pool. If we want a new pool, what saw, what size, what can we afford, right. where's the right location. Because that's pretty that. packed. In the summertime with, with kids and families. It's packed in the summer. We have a real expansive summer rec program. I think we topped out at 160 kids wow. this summer, but it's an eight-week program. It's really affordable to parents, right. about 100 bucks a week. Kids love pools. I know Barry City was having that discussion about their pool. 
<clears throat> that it was the same thing. It was old. It's old. That's, yeah. that's all there is to it. Yeah. I'm, uh, and who takes care of your rec? Is that the woman you just mentioned new? Yep, so that's, she'll that's, be doing the rec program? She'll be doing the yeah. rec program. She started right in the middle of the summer, and there were some challenges this summer. Yeah. Um, especially the weather was a big one. <laughs> but I'm really confident <clears throat> next year she's going to uh, make it all work a lot smoother. Right. That's great. Well, it's a, it's an easy town to get the the word out there, I think, because people seem to be really in tune with what's going on. I've been to a couple of um, hearings that uh, Teresa had and others mm-hmm. over the years, and there's always a good turnout <clears throat> of people. So they're interested in what's going on politically and, and um, all that other stuff. Yeah, and the, you know, the, <clears throat> the silver lining of the flood is that – this huge group of volunteers, we've got all their contact information. Great. So hopefully I think we can tap into that spirit and help us move forward in some other projects. Yeah, that's great. Do you do Zoom for your uh, select board meetings and we all do. that? Yeah, we with do. Live? Yep. Oh, that's great. Yeah, I think our town still does um, a videotaping, which isn't the same thing as as being live. Um, I like, I'm getting so used yeah. to Zoom thanks to COVID. Yep, and it uh, just makes it convenient yeah, for people to participate. Yeah, for sure. That's great. Do you have people working at home in the in the in your office? We do not. We have well, we have one person who works from home here and there, um, but fundamentally, we're there for the public. It's yeah. a customer service job. That's great. So, Tom, I'm sure you had your impression of Waterbury, uh, and you went through the interview project uh, process, and now you're here. Anything change? Anything surprise you that um, you didn't know about? <laughs> No huge surprises. Um, I did a lot of research oh, before the interview, and so I um, read everything I could. You know, read all the budgets, read all the news stories, read all the audits, everything you can get your right. hands on. So there was no huge surprises, fortunately. That's great. Oh, very good. No, no, uh, uh, no, no million-dollar deficits in anywhere that sort of thing. <laughs> oh, what excitement! That would be cool. No, it wouldn't. <laughs> um, anyway, I think that's great um, because I think because of all of the, I think it's because of all the events. I mean, you've got a couple of fields that are used for these events. Far, uh, far field mm-hmm. is that name, and then the one out on Route Two. Um, yep. That's a big one. Is that in Waterbury itself, or is that the sort of next town over? The the big one out there. Uh, that's Waterbury. That's Waterbury. Yeah. So you've got besides that Ben and Jerry's and all of the big companies that we have going up to up to Stowe. It's really a great town. It's a when great you town. Think about it. A lot going on. Real yeah. strong. Real strong business space here. And if you can actually afford a place here, that would be very exciting, wouldn't it? That's a challenge That'd be, for everyone. <laughs> that'd be cool. Well, rent rents given. I know some people that live in Burlington. I don't know how they do it. Seriously, they rent, and it's just, it's unmerciless. It's just terrible. Yep. Hoping um, we can do our part and get yeah. 100 plus housing units built in the next three, yeah. four years here. Yeah, because I mean, you think about it, you're in driving distance to a lot of other big companies. Yeah. Um, it's sort of centralized to to where it's happening. I mean, Waitsfield, it just can go on and on. Stowe, yep. um, great place to live. Great place to yeah. live, central to everything, a lot and, of recreation yeah. opportunities. Yeah, and we come we come to Berlin. You must you must attract folks from my town and Montpelier and stuff. They come into, into town for all the events. Sure. That's really great. Um, and the farmer's market is, I just, I'm so big on mm-hmm. farm to plate. <laughs> I love it. And if you can find a, a, a farm that actually d- um, processes its own meat, mm-hmm. it's so much cheaper and better 
than the other, you know, um, chain stores like, uh, you know, Price Chopper, yeah, Shaw's sure. or whatever. So good for you. Um, anyway, we've covered the antique and classic car show here, and that's a that's a plus. So what else have we not talked about? What other little projects? You got paving underway. Anything besides the up by the um, hotel, or motel? Sorry. That's uh, that's a big project for next year, really. Oh, okay. Um, you know, in general, where we've kind of buttoned up the summer work, the, the big one of the big challenges we have is maintaining our gravel roads. Ah. Uh, there was a gravel pit, gravel and sand pit in Bolton that was really close. It's now closed. Oh. So our we're getting our gravel and sand from Pitts and Barry. So it's it's quite a haul. Um, and that must cost money. The transportation. Transportation costs yeah. a lot of money, yeah. whether we do it with our staff or whether we hire someone for it. Right. Um, but finding some alternative gravel site is going to be a huge challenge for the town going forward. Interesting. That's really too bad. I live on one of those dirt roads, and um, a little drop of rain, and we're in trouble. Yep. And I don't know. Um, we happen to have a really good municipal um, guy that knows how to deal with dirt roads, so our roads have been pretty good, but it's still dirt. And, uh, and I, I think our roads are pretty good. Yep. I think we're going to continue to maintain them, but just the transportation cost alone is fifty, seventy-five thousand dollars a year addition wow. before we do any work. Huh. So that's going to be a real challenge going forward. So when when does your budget get? Are you what are you working on now? Two thousand twenty-three budget, and then two thousand twenty-four vote in um, in the spring. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And did you have anything on the ballot today? Because in Ber- in Berlin we've got a. A vote to, to take? Nothing today. Nothing. Uh, in the spring, in addition to the budget, uh, the fire chief is going to uh, be talking about a new fire truck. Ah. Which is just one of those expenses. Sometimes you've got to bite you, the bullet. you got to do it, you know. Yeah, and I'm sure he's got a uh, – oh, we've got – oh, we have a caller. Okay. Uh, Anne from Waterbury. Thank you, Greg, for letting me know. Anne, you're on the air. Go ahead. Yeah, hi. Uh, Tom, it doesn't directly affect anything you do, but there are two things that add to the recreation and draw to the town. One is the dog park, which Mm -hmm. is an all-volunteer effort. Uh, And I go down there with my dog, and there are people come from Montpelier and from uh, Hyde Park. Uh, They come from all over, plus tourists. I've met tourists from Alaska uh, who have come to. So that's a big draw for pet owners, but then they stay and they're at the restaurants and, you know, other businesses. And um, the other thing uh, you may not be aware of, but the state park uh, at Little River, Mm -hmm. and next year they're going to have a big celebration for, I think it's 100 years, and there will be the official opening. Uh, It's already open, but (laughs) there's... uh, a hiking trail that'll be universally accessible through the old CCC camp that mm-hmm. built the Waterbury Dam. So all of those peripheral things that don't affect your office directly do indirectly bring people into the nice. community. And I and it, you can't help it, but I just feel they're not advertised enough. And then there's the uh, down by the dog park. Uh, and the ice center, there's the mountain bikes uh, where they can go all the way 
up to Stowa mm. and around back in town. That's another big draw for people away from the immediate Waterbury community. Nice. So, so and those are mind. those are great <laughs> so, points, Anne, and, and thank you for saying that. Um, one thing I will say too, and this ties to the the charter vote and the local option tax, is. Waterbury, the town itself, does not have a budget for advertising. Hmm. Some of it is done through the town's contribution to revitalizing Waterbury. But if, in fact, we had a local option tax, we can have a conversation without raising your property taxes about putting some more money into advertising. And and it's it's circular in a good way in that the better we advertise, the more local option tax revenue we get. Right. Mm-hmm. And I hadn't necessarily thought of the dog park in the way you had, but that's a good point. I appreciate that input. Could you tell me? I don't know where the dog park is, so where is it, that? It's uh, down River Road uh, on the other side of the ice center building. Oh, interesting. Thank you for that. I'll see you there, yeah. Ann. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime. We'd yeah. love to have other friendly Dogs Thank play. you. All right. Excellent. Thanks, Anne. What a great, those are great comments, Anne. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. That's good. Thanks. You need to advertise. Barry does it. Barry rocks. They've got uh, stickers and all kinds of things. So now you were talking about Revitalize Waterbury. Is mm-hmm. that a group that's here working? or? Yeah, that's a local nonprofit. That's really the town's economic development arm. Great. Done through a, done through a nonprofit with its own executive director. Wow. And, and who's who's that? Karen Nevin. Oh, yes. I know Karen's. Yep, Karen's oh, great. Interesting. Well, that's great to have somebody uh, focused on economic development. Yeah, That's absolutely. really good. Yeah, I'm on Berlin's economic development mm-hmm. uh, team, so it's it's and you're right. Without the funding, it's a little hard. Yeah, and so it'd be yeah. great to to have a little more resources yeah. to send their way. Yeah, and uh, but I'm sure the state might uh, pitch in every once in a while and help mm-hmm. economic development. Um, and uh, you're part of the. I forget what they call it, the, the group that's statewide group that we're all part of. I can't remember the name, but that's what they do is economic development. And dog park, that's a great concept of what mm-hmm. else is out there. You know? Yeah, I hadn't thought of that one necessarily yeah. as, a, as a driver of bringing people here. But. Yeah. Well, everybody, I mean, I don't know. People travel with their dogs all over the place. Yeah, so I do it, too. That I, I do, too. <laughs> She's, the cat sits on, on Bruce's lap, and the dog sits on mine, and we go into into um, a toll booth, and they all laugh. They're like, they're the, there they are, the two, uh, the two animals and us. But anyway, we just have a couple of minutes, Tom. Do you want to wrap it up and tell people how to reach out to you and... Sure, I'm at Town Hall. People can always come visit me. You know, I like to say Vermont's a small state, so stop in. Right. Um, and people can always call me. My cell phone's on the town website. So yes, thank not, you for that, hidden. by the way. I hate when you can't, you have to talk to somebody. You, you, your name should really be on there. That's, yeah. I agree with you. Good for you. Anyway, accessibility. Yep, so always happy to talk. Anyone can call me. Anyone can stop in. I'm not a not a hard guy to find. Great. And uh, select board meetings are by Zoom if you want, if you don't want to. By Zoom if you want. Yeah. Next one is November 20th, but we're, we're first and third Mondays of the month. Excellent. Very good. All right, you all. Um, we have two more minutes. I want to thank you all very much for tuning in. Um, there's so many things to do in Waterbury. Check it out, and I'm sure all of it might either be on just the um, – uh, 
Revitalize Water, do they have their own site? They do. They have their own website. Oh, okay. So check with that or check with the, the town site, and I'm sure you'll hear all the information about coming up. has got to be very merry Waterbury. Like we must have had the Leaf Peepers half marathon. Yep. Did we have that already? Yep. And Waterbury Winterfest. Yeah, like that'll that. be held this year, too. I love that gravel grinder. Waterbury Flea Market, Waterbury Adventure Challenge. There's one thing after another. Oh, that's what uh, – that flea market is amazing. Yeah, Whenever really you is. ride out of town, there's always – it's packed. <laughs> what a, that's a lot of work to set up and take down, sure. but I bet it's worth it because they always keep coming back. Mm-hmm. So, Anyway, thank you all very much. This is Pat McDonald, your host for Vermont Viewpoint on WDEV. I'll see you on Thursday. I have Ben Kingsley from Campaign for Vermont and Danny Cohen, formerly Radio Rangers. Stay tuned. Thank you. Thank you.